This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm superstar Frank Morano. Well, superstardom does not make you immune from travails on the road. I've uh, been talking to you a little bit about these uh, low gas prices. I mean, comparatively low. They're not as low as they were four or five years ago, but they are lower than they've been in 11 months. And we've gone into some of the reasons for that. And I really took note of that yesterday because a year ago, when gas prices were super high... I would make a a point to always try and get maybe $15 or $20 a day and that would rarely fill up the tank. Yesterday, on the way home, I got $20 worth and it got got me three quarters of a tank, which was great. Now, why do I do that? Well, I have run out of gas and broke down and run out of gas not once, not twice, but... Not thrice, but four times. Pure idiots. Um, one time, I was with Curtis Slewa on Valentine's Day, and that was kind of an interesting day, uh, getting stranded in the middle of New Jersey. And then we found somebody, because they recognized Curtis, that, that picked me up. And luckily, I had a gas can in the car, wow. because this was not the first time that I'd run out of gas. And they drove me to a gas station and dropped me off there, and I filled the gas can, and then I couldn't find my way back to the car. Was walking around <laughs> the middle of New Jersey for two or three hours. Quite unpleasant. Quite unpleasant. Another time, I um, I I broke down, maybe, I don't know, half a mile from my mom's house. She was kind enough to go to the local gas station, get get a gas can, and um, and be able to, you know, get gasoline. Another time, um, I was with my friend John Tobacco. I wasn't with him when I was driving, but I was at his office. And I said, John, you know, can you help me out here? I said, not only do I have no gas in the car. Well, no, no. He said, he said to me, what grown man runs out of gasoline? And I said, well... Loses. What happened was, you know, I was trying to get here. Now, John, you know, he's, he's been involved in a lot of different businesses, but the one thing that he's always had, and, he, you know, he's had his ups and downs like we all have, but he's he's always found a way to make money. So he always has money. At this point in my life, I didn't have any money. I didn't have any money. I said, John, I'll be honest with you. I had no cash at all, no money. I was just, and this is, again, not yesterday. This is 14 or 15 years ago. I was hoping I could make it to your office and then ask you to let me borrow 10 or $15 and I could fill my gas with the money that you were going to lend me. 
And he said, well, I'll repeat and restate my question. What grown man doesn't have $5 to get gasoline? I said, it's, it's this one. And then a couple of weeks after that, John was married at the time. And a couple of weeks after that, he said to me, Frank, I got to tell you, my own wife, who's very professional, very buttoned up, you know, she's on top of things. She ran out of gas. I had to go bail her out. I said, you see? You see? It can happen. And he says, yes, it can happen, but not multiple times. And he's got me there because that was my third time. The by far the most dramatic manner in which I've ever run out of gasoline was Friday rush hour in the middle of the Lincoln Tunnel going from Manhattan to New Jersey. That was quite unpleasant. And one day I'll tell the full story of uh, of that incident, but that was quite unpleasant. It was also terrifying because at the time I was driving with a suspended license and had they asked to see my license, I would have been arrested, which is the last thing I would have wanted. And um, ultimately they had to come and have a truck. <laughs> a, they had to have a, a truck push me out of the Lincoln Tunnel to a gas station. It was quite embarrassing. So I've run out of gas uh, four times. And it got me thinking as I was filling up my gas tank, not filling up, but getting $20 worth of gas this morning because I've been chastened by these incidents. I said, I bet there are some interesting stories of people that have run out of gasoline. Now, when I say run out of gasoline, I mean run out of gasoline and broken down because you've run out of gasoline. Car cannot go because you've run out of gasoline. I'm not talking that you're low or that the thing says E or that the needle is below the E like Kramer and that other guy when they're taking the car for the test drive. I mean you have run out of gasoline and you got nothing and you broke down. My most interesting moment was the Lincoln Tunnel. Breaking down in the Lincoln Tunnel without gasoline. What was yours? 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. You're welcome to comment on anything else we've covered thus far. I know a lot of people wanted to talk about uh, smoking in casinos. A lot of people wanted to uh, comment on uh, fat children. A lot of people wanted to talk about the spirit of giving. Anything you want to comment on is fair game. Let me begin with Brandon in New Jersey. Hi, Brandon. Uh, good morning, Frank. Hi. I, um, I, I, um, the thing that ruined casinos for me was when they took the coins out of the slot machines. You know, growing up, I always was so enamored by a bucket full of quarters, and and uh, by the time I was old enough to gamble, that uh, all switched to electronic. But as far as the smoking, couldn't the uh, argument be made that if those people, if the workers didn't want to breathe in all that smoke, they could, you know, find another job or request to go to a non-smoking part. Yeah, uh, that, that's always, and that was even the argument twenty-one years ago with the with the with the smoking in bars. They, they would they would say, all right, if you don't want to work at uh, at whatever bar has this uh, policy, then don't work there. But there is something that that seems a little bit unfair about that. If you take a job, for instance, out of economic necessity, then should you really be subject to breathing in that secondhand smoke? And I, I find it very difficult to justify that, honestly. Okay. All right. Well, fair enough. Thank you, Frank. Thanks, I'll Brandon. see you tonight, all right? Yep. I'll see you. Oh, you're going to be in, uh, oh, you're going to be in Woodbridge. 
Great. I thought he was coming to Atlantic City. That would have been fun. Well, I'm not going to be there till tomorrow. Lisa is in Connecticut. Hi, Lisa. Oh, so a bunch of things here. So, again, um, I don't think politicians should be fat shaming in today's day and age. That's number one. And then um, spoking in casinos. I, oh, God, when I was over at Mohican Sun the other day, right, at the roulette table, I had a mask on because I'm still, like, I still try to, like, mask up. I'm sorry. I'm a masker. And the smell of one guy that just came back from smoking outside and came to the table was so bad. Even with my mask on, I wanted to gag. <laughs> and I had to walk away from the table. So I can't stand the smoking. Even when I used to perform in the clubs and everything with the smoking, it used to really irritate me. And, and I had a, a lot of problems because of that. But anyway. Lisa, the I mean, um, when when... In the Connecticut casinos, do they allow smoking in the casinos or you have to go outside? No. No, so they have designated areas. So you go outside to, like, the parking lot. Like, there's certain spots, like, it's right outside the door. And you just go smoke right outside in the parking lot. And then you come back in to the table. Interesting. Pretty convenient. Yeah, well. Well, Sun has a pretty good setup like that where there's a couple of different areas where you could park. And you could go right into the tables and you just go right out to the parking lot and you're right there. You could smoke, do your thing, and go back in and have some fun. All right. Well, I mean, I'm glad. I guess it worked out for them banning casino smoking. Yeah, I think. But also, I also wanted to say that Tony had a good point, though. You know, with Atlantic City, Atlantic City is a really interesting type of a situation because it's gone through hard times financially. So if you do take away smoking, it might cut back on some of their revenue coming in. So I don't know, they might have to deal with it in a different way and maybe have designated certain areas of like, you know how they have a, an area for the high stakes players, maybe have a high stakes area for the smoky players and then not. Well, that, that's players, almost so how it is mean. now. Honestly, Lisa, yeah. that's almost how it is now is there's, there's, you can't smoke everywhere. There are only specifically designated areas. Lisa, thank you. 800-848-9222. Jimmy, you run out of gas? Frank, you had me hysterical over here. I almost lost my breath twice. I told you his call screener was a nice guy. Uh, yeah, I was 12 years old, and I lived uh, on uh, 77th Street, 13th Avenue, Brooklyn, right? So I went to B&A Pork, so I was in the car with my mother, and my mother says, don't touch anything in this car. I said, I'll be right out. I said, all right, ma. What I did was, 12 years old, I got behind the wheel, and I drove downtown Brooklyn to my grandma's house because I wanted to see my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, the wheel the wheel was like the size of a boat wheel, you know, because I was 12. And to be honest with you, I was about 180 pounds at 12 years old. Talk about fat shaving. Wow. When my mother, the car ran out of gas on 3rd Avenue and uh, I think 12th Street. And all of a sudden, I started punching myself in the face. Why don't I die? What kind of life do I live? I'm going to get killed. All of a sudden, I got the dime. I called my mother's house. You fat son of a... Where are you? <laughs> well, the beating I got on 3rd Avenue, it was better than uh, Jake LaMotta in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I never, never did that again for the rest. Of course, you know, you learn. But let me tell you. I I enjoyed it. I mean, I didn't enjoy the beating, but uh, everybody was cursing me at the table. What did you do to mommy? You know the Italians. You made mommy upset. I said, all right, I didn't mean it. So now, running out of gas, 
I always make sure I have someone in the car who has more money than me. There you go. <laughs> Lesson learned, Jimmy. That, that's right. why that's why you've never uh, given me a ride. Merry Christmas to you. 800-848-9222. Peter, hello. Hey, Frank. I got I I I could top your embarrassment. When the car when the ferry was carrying cars, I left the car on the boat. I went to get a hot dog upstairs with a soda and a uh, newspaper, and then I got off and got on the bus and was going home. I jumped off by there was the Yankee Clipper. It's no longer there, but on Bay Street, ran back to the car, and one of the deckhands was one of my brother's, older brother's best friends. And I went, and he goes, oh, I said, what happened? So somebody left the car on the boat. So I snuck around the side. I got in the car. I ducked down low, and I drove the car off the boat. Oh, my. And he saw me, and he started screaming, Peter, you idiot, like that. And I said, but all my friends know the story, and I figured I'd share it with my ABC friends and wish you a Merry Christmas to your family and everybody out there who I love and care about. Thank you, Peter. Merry Christmas to you. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Eric is in Connecticut. What's on your mind, Eric? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, Eric. What's on your mind? Um... Uh... I'm going to circle back a little bit uh, from the conversation about um, obesity and um, way our, I, I, I guess, our children are raised. Um, I have a friend. I was in the military for 11 plus years, uh, and he explained to me uh, not too long ago that most eligible candidates cannot throw a baseball because they, they never played baseball. Uh, so if you can't throw a baseball, you can't throw a grenade. Right. Well, I guess that makes sense. Sure. And uh, that's just, that's that's my two cents. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Eric. Yeah, so, I mean, it sounds like you're on the same page as John F. Kennedy, 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Fred is in Yonkers. What's on your mind, Fred? Hey, Frank, how are you? I'm sorry about Joe's mom passing away. That hurts. Yeah, yeah anyway, she's a wonderful lady. The doctor, Sky, told me to come out this morning and watch the meteor shower. And it's been quite good. You wouldn't believe a green streak blistering over the eastern horizon. It was wonderful. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't get to see any of it. If people have pictures, I'd love to see some, maybe in the Facebook group, or they could email me. But uh, yeah, these geminid showers these are these are the real deal. They go so fast; it's hard to take a picture. But I figured this one thing out, Frank. I know why meteors don't take baths. <laughs> What's that? Because they're always showering. Always showering. All right. 800-848-9222. Mike on Long Island. Have you run out of gas? I have done that a few times. I'm embarrassed to say. Mm-hmm. But the one time, I, so I'm, I'm always hovering around E because I'm too lazy to get gas. So I know exactly how many miles I can go on my car. Exactly. <laughs> so one night, one day I work at late sometimes and then I'm driving home. But I know I can make the gas station before the for my live, but there's no more after that. It's about five miles from my house. I know I can make it. Of course, I'm driving, but then I get sleepy, and I drive right by the gas station, 
and two miles down the road and like a pretty isolated area in Long Island, dead, dead stop, dead in the middle of the road, an isolated road. I had to wait like two hours to get gas from, uh, from my, from the AAA. How far Sorry. underneath the E, how many miles can you go beyond the E without, you know, without breaking down? You go about my car. I can go about twenty six miles. Twenty six miles. See, that's good to know. Whenever I'm below the E, I always, I always, it's like gambling almost. You, you're, you're wondering, can you make it? Can you make it? Can you make it? And then um, well, you, it does keep you, you awake. Sweat a lot. You, on, yeah, it's like you're all in. You're all in on the gambling. You start sweating. <laughs> exactly. You don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I like that, Mike. Uh, how about any other instance that's where embarrassing, you? Though. Where, uh, yeah, oh yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Any other instance where you ran out of gas? Uh, I ran out of gas once. I parked uh, near a parade, and I was really down on, on in a parade, local parade, right in, like on the side of the street where the parade was coming through. And when I went to restart the car because I had to move it, out of gas, and the police, the auxiliary police, had to push me out of the way for the for the parade. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't, I don't learn from my lessons, though. That's yeah, you and me both, brother. Covering on e. I don't know what. You and me both. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. And what's on your mind? I'm here. All right, Ann. What's Hi, up, Frank? Hi. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, a comment. Did I take the speaker off? Yes, I did. I wanted to make a comment. Stellar job. Call bingo person. Stellar job. She went to bingo every single day in Brooklyn, and there was a lot of smoke there. She was exposed to secondhand smoke for a long time because she was a bingo person every single day. She ended up with lung cancer. She never smoked a day in her life because she was exposed to the secondhand smoke. And when I called the place about it, where she was going, and I asked them about it, they said, you're asking too many questions. So my poor mother died because she was exposed. I asked her, were you exposed to the smoke? She said yes. And she died. That's awful. Earlier because of it. So needless to say, then, you think it's probably a good idea to ban smoking in casinos everywhere. You know, me, I can't stand it, but I know people. I did smoke for 20 years, and I gave it up in 1985, so it's been a long time. Well, I'm sorry about your mom. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that, Ann. Let me squeeze in one more. Rick is using his pass for, uh, you know, for the week. Rick, I feel like you're getting very liberal with it with using the these passes. Oh, well, not more than once a week. All right, all right, all right. Isn't that isn't that the rule? Yeah, we may have to revise this because we have fewer ah. phone lines now. So I think oh, we're getting oh. a lot of repeat callers. So uh, I, I proposed a solution that I think will work out. Might actually get us more phone lines. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm waiting for the word from our chief engineer, Dan. But Rick, what's on your mind? Okay. Well, I ran out of the gas once. Uh, going across the country, a bunch of us dumb hippies. We ran out of gas on an Indian reservation. I think it was Navajo. I'm not sure. And uh, they don't really like people going through their reservations, especially hippies, because hippies are known for them digging up the peyote buttons that they hold sacred. So we were not, you know, we were not welcome. Anyway, we ran out of gas. And it's we're in the standing in the middle of the desert, and there's like tarantulas. He's, walking you could see them walking in the dark near you you're you're freaking out and we put out our fingers and finally a guy stops and in the end of course in a flatbed truck and four of us jump into the back of the the bed and one into the front and this guy just starts driving about 90 miles an hour down the road 
swerving back and forth. And then I see him through the window, the silhouette, where he's like chugging a bottle of whiskey as he's driving. And I'm, we're like freaking out in the back because this guy's swerving to where we're holding on so we don't get thrown out. Eventually, he stops, tries to stop at a stop sign, swerves right through the intersection, knocks over the stop sign. We jump out, say, okay, thank you very much. We worked, walked about another two miles in the dark to a, one of those gas stations that you see in the movies where you're knocking on the guy's window and he's opening it up. I'm sleeping. No, you got to come out. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You know, you've seen that. And it was just like that. And we had to like entice him to come, please, please give us a can of gas, you know? And finally he did come out. And, but that was the last time I made sure I never ran out of gas again after that. So when you were saying that about running out of gas, it's like, oh yeah, I, I know what that can be. Yeah, there is something when it when it happens, it happens, and hopefully you get kind of scared straight, and it never happens again. Jimmy in Rockland, what do you have for us, Jimmy? Hey Frank, all right. So visiting friends up in college, we're younger, it's maybe about 1987. Freezing cold night, run out of gas. Said, so let's, you know, like we're in a little town there. We're inside of a, you know gas station was sitting right there kind of just pulled over rolled in freezing we ripped the seat covers off you need to buy the seat covers in a box and throw them on the old seat we ripped the seat covers off put them on us we ripped the carpet out of the back of the blazer freezing all night who goes 5 30 in the morning some old timer comes just drives up to the station flips the handle fills up his car and drives away they don't turn the pumps off up in those towns mm-hmm. i guess so you learn your lesson there right indeed indeed you freezing. do Indeed. Well, look, what can you say, Jimmy? Did that ever happen again? Oh, I probably ran out of gas 30 times in my life. 30 times? In the 80s, you know what I mean? Yeah, well. Gas was 68 cents, but you just did it. You just were, you know what I mean? Careless. That's something. 30 times. So, uh, I mean. I'd say. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, you know, again, if you know if you're prone to it that you have to carry around a gas can that's the lesson all right Noam Layden is back looking forward to having him back and uh, Brian killed me joins us straight ahead the other side of midnight with Frank Morano if you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all listen up CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Oh. 
Presley singing about Christmas. Uh, there are few who did it better than Elvis Presley. Hey, uh, uh, it is wonderful to have back in studio a gentleman that has become an integral staple of our program, the one and only... Stand by for the other side of Midnight's News. From New York City, the other side of Midnight and its affiliated stations present national and international news with Frank Morano and news director Noam Layden. Their summary of the world news and personal comments. Get the rest of the story. No, I'm late and welcome back. Thank you very much, Frank. Uh, do you remember the Google glasses that they had for a while? Y- yeah, I remember that being kind of like almost Laserdisc, a technology that never really took off. Well, uh, Meta, Facebook is now trying the same thing out. They made a deal with um, a couple different eyeglass companies, uh, one of them being Ray Ban. And you can buy these glasses as cheap as 300 bucks and stylish stuff where it will record everything you do and say uh, whenever the it is on. And so uh, the glasses will, and then can upload anything you've done or say to any of your social networks that you want to connect it to. So in the case of Meta, they own Facebook and they own Instagram. And as you walk down the street, if you want to, you know, you've seen these videos, no doubt, on TikTok and everything like that, where people are just walking around the city taping things, and you want to upload that instantly, you can. It has microphones, so it can pick up what people are oh, saying. Boy. Yeah, this is really interesting stuff. Um, you know, instead of you go to a concert, I hate this, I don't know about you, but you go to a concert and everybody's got their camera in the air. Like, mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're creating unbelievable footage that nobody's going to be able to see of a Springsteen concert, whatever it may be. No longer you'll need to do that. You can just put on these glasses and you're watching Springsteen, you're taping the entire concert, and you can live stream it, by the way. It also has the technology to live stream this stuff up to uh, Facebook and to Instagram. Uh, 300 bucks. Uh, they're starting to sell for Christmas. You can get them now. Uh, I've been reading a lot about this online from people who have bought the glasses. They say it's pretty seamless. It works really well. The only way somebody knows they're being taped, this is, of course, the big privacy issues, all kinds of privacy oh, yeah. issues. There is a tiny red light in the corner of the glasses that would let you know that you're being taped. But I looked at them. You really would have to look hard to see that this red light is on. And so all kinds of privacy issues being asked. But for now, these glasses are being sold. People are walking the streets with them. Uh, you can tape every conversation you have. Uh, you can take pictures Terrible. with these glasses. Oh, my goodness. And unlike the Google Glasses, they think this is going to be a big hit. They're already selling, and they're selling pretty well. You're not wearing them now, are you? I am not. And no, they're sunglasses for the most part. Oh, sunglasses. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what are they saying is the reason that the Google Glasses didn't take off, and what's the belief as to why these will succeed where the Google Glasses didn't? Yeah, added technology mm-hmm. where you this instantaneous of uploading it. Google didn't have some of these uh, things that you could do where it was instantaneous, taking pictures, uh, texting them, emailing them, putting them up on social media. It just wasn't perfected yet. Apparently, these Meta Glasses have perfected that. It's more seamless. And very little you have to do. Uh, remember, like with the Google Glasses, it was some of it was the way you nodded your head. I see. All yeah. that stuff is gone. Yeah. Well, I, I don't like that one bit. No. But we'll see. You uh, don't have to tell anybody you're recording them. Yeah, I, you're right. I mean, outrageous. you can have co- 
complete conversations and, with somebody. Especially, you know, in New York, it happens to be a one-party state. You yeah. don't have to get permission from the person that you're recording, you know, as long as you've given your permission to be recorded. I don't like that at all. Well, now look for it. They're hard to see. But if you're having, I, I know this sounds crazy, but you do have to be a little paranoid. If you're having a conversation with somebody, especially one that maybe you don't want others to hear, look at the corner of their glasses, make sure there's not a red light on. That's one thing they do is the red light will would signify that you're being recorded. My goodness. What yeah. else do you have for us now? Um, customers uh, criticizing Southwest Airlines. Over the years, no doubt, as Americans have gotten larger, some of the airlines say, hey, if you cannot fit into your airline seat, you need to buy two of them. And people who are overweight, some of them say, okay, whatever. Okay, I'll buy two seats. It's uncomfortable. But, of course, that makes it incredibly expensive to fly if you have to buy two seats every time you fly somewhere. Well, Southwest Airlines has a new policy that gives overweight passengers free seats to accommodate their size. Uh, and this has people just Outrage. I, I mean, you can imagine what's going on, on the internet. People talking about this. The air, uh, airline instituted what it calls a customer of size policy, which allows overweight passengers who body uh, takes up more than one seat on the plane to get the needed number of seats for free. Uh, you can sign up. Initially, you would have to buy the seat, the two seats online when you uh, go to purchase the seats. And then when you get to the airport, they will uh, give you that money back. They'll refund that money back into your account. But um, what some uh, Southwest Airline passengers are saying is that passengers who show up at the airport who have not bought two seats can also go to the counter and say, hey, uh, I can't fit in the measurement of those two uh, with the handles going down on either side, the armrests. And so I need a second seat. And they say uh, that Southwest Airline if they can, they're accommodating these passengers. Do we think this is going to spread to other airlines? No. No? No. Uh, there's such outrage over I, this because... I, that's what it seems. There's people who are just have long legs, right? I mean, all kinds of things that make you uncomfortable because airline flying has become so uncomfortable, unless you're flying in business or in first class. You have the people who just have long legs, um, who are just big people, who are saying, wait a minute. Okay, I'm not fat, I'm not obese, but I'm not comfortable in the seat. Why am I not getting two seats? Uh, so far, the airline has not responded to that. But from what we've heard, there are, have been thousands of people, not hundreds, but thousands of people who've been able to take advantage of this, getting these extra seats for free My because goodness. their BMI is high. Well, uh, that is wild. Uh, um, you have to produce any record of what your BMI is to get the second seat? It's all just... on site. They just oh, look at you and they say, you can goodness. have that extra seat. Okay. Uh, what could go wrong? There's no You don't like have to that. step on a scale. That words. is yeah. wild. Thank you, Noam. And now you know the rest of the story. All right. Uh, very pleased to welcome back a fellow that just wrote a book about someone that we were talking about before, and he's someone that advocated the strenuous life. He's the New York Times bestselling author of several books. His latest is Teddy and Booker T, also a wildly successful nationally syndicated radio talk show host and obviously the co-anchor of uh, Fox and Friends every morning on the Fox News Channel. And how could I forget the host of One Nation with Brian Kilmeade on the weekend. Brian, thanks for joining us as always. Right, cool. What are, you, what are you doing? You're not taking any time off, right? Just go right to the holidays. Uh, well, I'm I'm in negotiations for a day here and a day there. We'll see. Uh, I'm not I'm okay. I'm not waiting for that that annual kill me lunch to be scheduled before I put in for any days off. Yeah, it looks like the new year. The sentiment okay. is there's too much going on. I think that's is a, that a, that's prudent. Yes. 
It's probably wise. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. All right, Brian, a lot of controversial issues that I want to ask you about. We're, we're going to try and get you in trouble. I always love to pin you down on these controversial issues. But first, how exciting is it to watch this Tommy DeVito situation with the Giants? I mean, he's got to be the starting quarterback for the Giants next year, doesn't he? No, uh, I can't see them. I mean, let's see what happens. But, I mean, he's three in a row. He, you know, he's got the intermediate pass down, 70 yards running yesterday. He is, excuse me, yesterday, uh, Monday, Monday night. Right. Uh, Monday night. So, I, I mean, put it this way. He's got himself a career now. So, you know how hard it is to get a backup that if you, if your starter goes down, you don't blow the season. I mean, for the most part, the, you watch what happened with the Jets. They had they had the team. They didn't have the quarterback. You see this over and over again. Uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, do you put him ahead of Daniel Jones? I, I don't know. I, I think it's such an incredible Cinderella story, plus the fact that he's from New Jersey, plus the fact that he's, you know, throwing touchdowns. There's, a, you know, the, 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 there's just such a love for this guy from the fans that uh, I don't know how you jettison him at this point. Well, we'll see. I mean, let's see what happens. They got to beat New Orleans. They beat New Orleans, who's basically, even though they're a 500 team, they're in in the race for a division title. So if they go in and beat New Orleans in New Orleans, and now all of a sudden they're maybe tied for a wild card spot. Now they're one game out, but five other teams are six and seven. Let's see how let's see how this ends. Number one. I've never when when the when the Giants lost the second time to Dallas, they really couldn't. The only reason that Dallas stopped scoring, they ran out of time. It was both times, and I'm saying to myself, they're not even like a professional football team. So the fact that they could win three in a row at mm-hmm. any point with a third string quarterback that shows it's a different feeling right now. In New York, and especially, yeah, by the way, the Jets played well last week. Absolutely, not taking anything away from uh, from them, but uh, obviously, you know, I, I think, I don't know if they're both mathematically eliminated from playoff contention, but it seems no. unlikely that uh, they're going to make much of a run in the playoffs at this point, though. Well, I'm just saying the Giants are six and uh, the Giants are uh, one game out of the wild cards. Wow! All right. Well, I, look, uh, that would really be something. All right. So if uh, Tommy De- DeVito is the uh, toast of the New York, New Jersey area, uh, Hunter Biden seems to be increasingly just toast. He got a uh, subpoena yesterday to appear before Congress, and uh, he chose to do a press conference. Here's a little bit of the press conference that he did outside of the Senate side of the U.S. Capitol. I'm here today to answer at a public hearing any legitimate questions Chairman Comer and the House Oversight (laughs) Committee may have for me. I'm here today to make sure that the House Committee's illegitimate investigations of my family do not proceed on distortions, manipulated evidence, and lies. And I'm here today to acknowledge that I've made mistakes in my life and wasted opportunities and privileges I was afforded. For that, I am responsible. For that, I am accountable. And for that, I am making amends. Well, Brian, uh, I guess you puts you to shame, right? I mean, that silences everybody, and it's over, right? Good thing. So now we can get on with our vacation. I mean, he goes to the Senate side, not the House side. You know what happens in a public hearing. For people listening right now, it's not that the Republicans don't have courage. It's nothing to do with that. Five minutes on, five minutes off. Five minutes for Eric Swalwell to, to attack Donald Trump. Five minutes for him to, uh, to filibuster a Republican direct question of, for example, who's the big guy? 
Why, why did Devin Archer say that your father called into countless business meetings? And why? what was going on in Cafe, uh, uh, whatever that cafe was, Milano, uh, two times when you met with other Ukrainian officials? You really didn't talk business at that point? He, they're just going to filibuster everything. At the end of it, when he survives, they're going to say this thing is over. you got to get people behind closed doors in a calm setting, ask the questions, let them answer, let Democrats do what they want to do. And this really goes back to Joe. I mean, basically, what else do you need? They even said yesterday, he even said yesterday, my dad had no financial, uh, didn't make, have, have, wasn't financially involved in our business. Oh, excuse me. First, you've never discussed it. Now you're saying that financially you were never involved in it. Joe Biden was the business. This is the one thing that Hunter can't answer. What are you doing? You're not a great legal mind. You don't have a history of getting oligarchs out of trouble. You don't have any, you know, you, you're on all these boards you don't belong on. You lasted one day in the military because you failed the drug test. And now you want it in Kazakhstan, China, uh, Ukraine, and by the richest woman in Moscow. Why, what were you selling? It was your dad. And what did he do for that? That's what we need to know. Not that some crackhead dropped his laptop off at a, uh, off at a independent computer repair store. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see where this goes. Now, uh, the Hunter Biden folks, they're basically saying that, uh, OK, yeah, he didn't pay the um, over a million dollars in taxes at first. And that was wrong. But ultimately, he paid those taxes and that Hunter Biden's being singled out for worse treatment, not better treatment because of his last name. What do you say to that, Brian? He's got a total pass his whole life. Whole well, life. I, I don't think even he would dispute that. Right. But is the so prosecution yeah. on the tax issue being a little bit more heavy-handed because of all the criticism? Well, Frank, Frank, you know what the big mystery is? Why is only why does he only owe one point four million dollars? I mean, this guy these are million dollar checks going back five million dollars from China. How much is he getting from? Uh, how much is he getting from uh, these oligarchs? One in Romania. I mean, you think he really owes $1 million? That's it? And who are these people propping up his lifestyle, flying with a private jet so he could deny paternity to, a, to, the, to his daughter, who we now know is his, and now even his, his father has to admit it. And now is, who's paying the most expensive lawyer for the most expensive lawyer in Washington? I mean, this guy is not, it's not selective prosecution. The question was, he was about to get a sweetheart deal and it got exposed. That's what they're still trying to get back. They got the word, they got the best deal ever. It got exposed. This judge says, I can't sign off on this. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. And since that time, he, they are starting to legitimately look at his backdrop. But I do think the timing's curious. They knew he had to come in before the year for his deposition. And then you charge him a week before so he could say, I can't, you know, if I do go in, I can't say anything. I'm going to get put myself in legal jeopardy. Um, the corollary to this is what's going on with this impeachment inquiry, which the House voted to begin yesterday along partisan lines. The Senate obviously is never going to remove Joe Biden. With that reality, is it really worth going down this impeachment road? I mean, sure, it's been a year or two since a president was impeached, and I guess we're due. But is this a political winner for the Republicans? Is this going to do anything? If it's all they do, I don't think it's a winner. But 
I, I get this is the, they're not going to impeach him. They don't have the votes. But what they, what, what they reveal in the investigation through bank records, suspicious activity reports, uh, IRS whistleblowers, the actual court case proceedings, uh, what they're bringing in when they bring in now uh, Eric uh, Sherwin, who handled the finances for the family, what, that's exposing the character of the person running for re-election. And the way that person lied to us in 2020, lied to us last week when he said, they're all lies. Anyone talking about me linked to these businesses, they're all lies. They're all lies. What are you talking about? You're in the same place. You were calling into these meetings. So what else is he lying about? And I think the 2020 election would have been different if you found out that this guy was having his entire family trade on his name, benefit on his name let alone the documents that he took that we didn't know about that he's been acquiring for 20, 30 years. We haven't heard anything about that. So I think it exposes the candidate. That's how it would benefit. But they got to get a monster deal done to finance these conflicts and to finance the restructuring of the border with asylum. You know, they they would be great. You know, the next president has to address uh, the entitlement reform. And we know that. But if you could do two things, you go ahead and do it. No one's asking James Comer to balance the budget. You do your own thing. Go find out what's going on. That doesn't mean the Republicans and the and the speaker can't do other stuff. I spent yesterday with Kevin McCarthy. I was his last interview mm. before he uh, left the building. Today he leaves for good. So he invited me down. I scrambled down there. I got there. And believe me, I think that my opinion, I think Speaker Johnson's got a, a, is going to have a real hard time. He has no experience as a whip. He has no experience as majority leader, no experience really in leadership. He could be the smartest guy around. It's all about maneuvering power, what you're capable of, how do you move money around. And right now you have three conflicts, Taiwan, Israel, and Ukraine, that need support, financial support that helps our country. And you have a border. Well, what are you doing? You can't let these guys go home. They should not be going home this week. That That type of thing worries me. All right, two final issues that I have to uh, get your take on before we uh, let you go. And you certainly have a busy day of uh, six or seven hours of broadcasting ahead of you for today. Nikki Haley, endorsed by uh, Chris Sununu, the Republican governor of New Hampshire. Obviously, we're a stone's throw away from the New Hampshire primary. A lot of people say that, uh, unlike most endorsements, this one really will mean something. It really will count. How much does this move the needle in New Hampshire for Nikki Haley? It shows that the it shows that the people are behind her. She's got you know Ken Langone, uh, co-founder of Home Depot, of course the Koch brothers. Yeah, she's getting a lot of money, uh, some endorsements now. Now I do want to bring you to this poll. Suffolk University, Boston Globe, USA Today did a poll uh, about the impact of Governor Sununu's endorsement, and eighty six percent of likely New Hampshire Republican primary voters said a Sununu, a Sununu endorsement would not impact their vote mm. compared to 13% who said it would. So that, I think, matters. Uh, Trump is real happy. Yesterday, I don't know if you saw any parts of his speech, but they went over 50% in Des Moines for the first time. And the Des Moines Register, he says, you know, I love this poll. He got 51%. DeSantis, 19 Haley, 16 You know, the word is they are concerned about Haley's surge. But I just don't know anyone that's – I know people that just don't want to vote for Trump and says, man – I'm going for Haley. Okay, I got it. I don't know anyone who said, I'm watching the campaigns and I'm leaving Trump and going for Haley. The anti-Trump seems to be consolidating there and I'm not ruling out 
with DeSantis getting some momentum if he does extremely well in Iowa. But I just like to know how many people walk up to you. Uh, is Sid Rosenberg going to meet you in the break room today or at the uh, yoga at the yoga um, at the yoga gym and say, you know what? I'm thinking about it. I'm going to probably switch to Haley. He, you know, it doesn't happen. So I don't know if she can get any of the Trump base. None of them seem fed up with the president. They seem more excited, former president, about the chance of him getting four more years. But I, you know me. I mean, I've said this for the longest time. I'm extremely impressed. She's a very good campaigner. Uh, she comes off very likable and very competent. So, you know, she's getting, she's definitely getting some momentum. But I just don't see it chipping away at Trump. I yeah. see it chipping away at the rest of the field. I uh, completely agree. I mean, and, and if you were to pick one issue where there's pretty star- a stark divide over the Haley wing of the Republican Party and the Trump wing of the Republican Party, I think it's the, the Ukraine issue. And a yeah. lot of that was on display this week with Zelensky visiting Washington, D.C. to try and get more funding for uh, Ukraine. Your colleague Brett Baer did a very interesting interview with Vladimir uh, Zelensky. Uh, I, thought, I thought it was really interesting, really thought-provoking. A lot of people are talking about it. Let me just play the question that Brett Baer asked. Mr. President, there are critics who say that you've tried to consolidate power. Uh, headlines that the Orthodox leader in Kiev under house arrest, that you consolidated Ukraine's TV outlets, that you ruled out holding elections next spring, um, calling for unity. But then the mayor of Kiev says that you're turning it into an authoritarian state. How do you deal with that criticism? What do you say to critics who are saying that? Now, in his response, Zelensky really didn't say, well, it's not true. He didn't say we're actually a very democratic nation. He basically said we still need to beat Putin. There may be a lot of reasons to uh, support Ukraine and to fund Ukraine. But I I think a lot of folks would agree that uh, propping up a democracy really isn't one of them anymore. Right, Brian? couple of things. Uh, you know, uh, he needs to expand on that. He needs to say, what, why elections? I mean, what, what happens is, you remember after we attacked on 9-11, Bloomberg went up to Rudy Giuliani and says, you want me to put off this election? You want to just stay? And, and Rudy said, no, no, keep doing it. I'll finish out here. You know, do your primary, have your vote. And we know what happened. And, you know, I thought Bloomberg, especially compared to everything we're dealing with now, was a very good mayor, right? I, I think that his answer is we're in the middle of a war literally for our survival. We just need to be pulling in the same direction, not worrying about campaigns right now. That And he should use the lever of you know whatever the Ukrainian parliamentary system says you can do during wartime. But he's not, I don't think this guy is looking for total control. In fact, I sense that he can't wait to give it up. I just think right now when you're being bombed every day and the winter is going to be as perilous as ever – He's saying to himself, do we really need to campaign? But he never explained it. The thing with the Russian church is quite obvious. You have a Russian-centric church right in the middle of all these major cities in Ukraine, and he's not putting up with it. He does not want his people being converted to Russian in the middle of a war that Russia started. So that, to me, people are like, well, he's anti-Christian. Not really. When 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 those churches become pro-Russian, and I'm leading Ukraine, I'm not going to just sit here and take it. So I don't have a problem with that. I would like to hear him expand on why he's delaying the election. I don't know, Frank, if that has something to do with the translation. 
You know, mm-hmm. we would just say flat out, we, we're in the middle sure. of a war. We can't have an election. I'm going to make it next November. Just give me a year. Instead, he says, well, uh, you know, we're in a, you know, we're, we have a war right now. He just had no reaction. And, you know, uh, one thing I found out from talking to Poroshenko and Klitschko, they really, these parties really don't like each other. Oh, yeah. So and- that's why you never see Klitschko talking. Yeah. And just talking about Kiev. You just don't. It's like, okay, when I'm in power, I'll talk again. When I'm not in power, I'm not going to. And I'm thinking to myself, I thought in the beginning we'd hear from Klitschko's every day. Yeah, you right. Yeah, it's a great observation. Uh, Brian Kilmeade's full of them. Uh, check him out. If you haven't gotten the book yet, Teddy and Booker T, please do. Listen to him on radio. Check him out on Fox and Friends. Brian, as always, thank you. Merry Christmas. Uh, same to you, Frank. See you soon. Absolutely. This is The Other Side of Midnight. 15 seconds of fame. Straight ahead. Other Side of Midnight. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight. We're going to give you an opportunity to be heard for 15 seconds. Go easy on Carlos. It's his first time. 800-848-9222 is part of... The Other Side of Midnight. This is 15 Seconds of Fame. Joe! Hey, you doing, Frank? Listen, those glasses, I have a pair. They're pretty good, but the frame's a little bulky. And uh, you got to watch what you say because people are listening, you know? Charlie! Sid Rosenberg needed now more than ever with the Israeli uh, crisis. And, uh, Sid Rosenberg needed now more than ever. And it's more. Stan. Shake your jerk off. Jerk. Rusty. Yeah. Why do you call me? Went for a colonoscopy. They found a picture of you. Frank Mamaluke Romano. Give us a break with this guy. Mike. Morning, Frank. Gas prices in New Jersey yesterday, two ninety one nine. That's um how long will it take for the current administration to claim responsibility for the drop in price? Drill baby drill until it's fifty nine point nine. Mike. Sixty two, a real leader, Alan West for president. All right, that slams the lid on things for today. Back tomorrow with Ask Frank Anything, some cigar talk and more. This is uh, Frank Moreno. Good day. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.